you have a milkshake, and I have a milkshake, and I have a straw, there it is, that's a straw, you see, you're watching. And my straw reaches across the room and starts to drink your milkshake. I drink your milkshake. I drink it up. Don't bully me, Daniel. Hello, everybody. Welcome to So What'd You Think? Uh, for those of you who don't know about this show, this is a movie podcast show where me and a guest will come on and we'll discuss a movie that we've just seen for the very first time and then give our immediate reactions to it. Today, I've brought on a special guest. His name is Ben. Why don't you say hi to all the people out there? <laughs> Hello, all the people out there. <laughs> uh, thanks for coming on, Ben. Of course. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Um, yeah. Do you want to say what the movie was? <laughs> yeah. We watched um, There Will Be Blood by... Yeah. PTA, Paul Thomas Anderson. Paul Thomas Anderson, yeah. Um, yeah, so before we get into everything about what we thought and stuff, I just want to talk about, because um, this is a pretty famous movie, and like we're both like 19, 20 years old <laughs> and haven't seen this movie yet, <laughs> yeah, um, and I feel like a lot of, lot of other people have. Um, so yeah, what, what were kind of your thoughts um, going in watching this movie? Um, so I have only seen one other Paul Thomas Anderson film, unfortunately. Oh, which one? Phantom Thread, which oh, is right, an outstanding right. film. Great, but, great movie. Oh, incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I had seen the first three minutes of this movie, but then I think I must have seen the runtime because I have not seen the rest of it. Um, and so I, I had known that it was very famous and that Daniel Day-Lewis had won an Oscar for his performance, but that is yeah. all. I knew besides that it was about oil okay. um, going oil exclamation point yes <laughs> um, but when I was doing research on it I learned that it was based off of an Upton Sinclair book and so that mm-hmm. I guess is my only other context that I had to okay. see that mm-hmm. yeah um yeah, and you've you have you read any Upton Sinclair before? I personally haven't, but yes, I've read The Jungle. Um, okay, but I have only read. Classic. Yeah, to prepare for this, I read for like fifteen pages of the book, uh, but it's like yeah. five hundred pages. And right. um, that would be crazy if you read the whole book. <laughs> for oh this my god! Podcast. Yeah, but also, really... yeah, PTA was like, well, in an interview, he was talking about like, oh, the book is or the film is only adapted from like the first 100 or so pages of the book anyway oh. and it's like did you not finish the book or something? <laughs> no i think well, you got bored yeah perhaps it's so long um but so yeah i only read like 15 20 pages and okay but it was interesting i yeah. liked it okay so. my relationship to this movie i guess was i feel like more i'm i love pt anderson and this is the only one i hadn't seen mm. so i'd seen like and he's one of my favorite directors, which is kind of funny to say, considering I probably haven't seen like the most famous movie that he did. No, no, um, that's so impressive. <laughs> seen all the rest of them. So now, now I can finally cross him off my list. Um, but yeah, no, I um, was very excited about this movie and had a lot of expectations. I love Daniel Day Lewis. Mm. I, th- I think he's probably one of the best working actors, um, and he's like amazing in Phantom Thread too. I think, um, and like Tom York did the music, who's like the singer of Radiohead. <laughs> Um, isn't it Johnny Greenwood? Or Johnny Greenwood, yeah. yeah my bad. Yeah, but Johnny Tom Greenwood York, is the he singer, did, yeah. um, and he just did that other Paul Thomas Anderson thing, right? The, the short film on yes, Netflix. Yes, that's yeah. what I'm mixing up. Yeah, 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 yeah I got absolutely. You. Don't worry. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> <Thanks>. <laughs> 
and you've seen all of his films. Exactly. I'm, I'm such a fake fan. Um, but yeah, so Johnny Greenwood did the, the music for this, so that was mm-hmm. really cool. Um, Paul Dano, I also really love, who played Eli and, and Paul Sunday. Quite the performance. Um, quite, yeah. Both of them were kind of doing these very loud performances. Oh, um, yeah. I really Completely. enjoyed that. Um, but yeah, so what, what were kind of your thoughts after watching the movie? What are your, what's your immediate reaction? So what do you think? Oh, I thought it was... Oh, <laughs> I thought it was wonderful. Um, I was. I feel like epic is definitely the perfect word to describe <laughs> There Will Be Blood. Yes. It is a long, arduous, but also very uh, impressive and beautiful film. Mm-hmm. I, I found it to be very uh, striking. Yeah. yeah. I really like the words you used to describe this movie. Thank you. Can you tell I'm yeah. an English major? You are an English major. <laughs> How about you? Um, what were your... I, yeah, I agree. I think this movie was totally, although it was long, I thought it was really captivating. Mm-hmm. And like the, I think what PTA does really well in a lot of his movies is he can really make a great scene. Mm-hmm. And I think this movie probably had seven or eight at least, just like so edge of your seat, captivating scenes of either just like amazing acting, amazing cinematography, like just all of these elements put together. Um, and he did that repeatedly. Like, I, there's a bunch that we'll get into later about specifics, but there were just so many scenes where I was like, mm. whoa. Like, and I, I wouldn't write anything down during the scene because I'm just, like, so glued to what's happening in it. Um, and I think of all of his movies, I think he does, he has a lot of those scenes in this movie, like, more than so than other ones even. Um, yeah. And together, it just creates this amazing epic of just beautiful story and thematic elements and acting and... Yeah, yeah, his his writing is something that I've always really appreciated, especially with Phantom Thread. They're mm-hmm. like just very like humanly written scenes that are extremely dramatic and interesting. But I think what I was very impressed of, like with uh, very impressed with with mm-hmm. there will uh, there will be blood was the amount of non-dialogue scenes that there are in the film. Like the first fifteen minutes are yeah, entirely yeah. silent, like without dialogue, mm-hmm. and it's. There's so much happens in it, and so yeah. much is communicated non-verbally. Mm-hmm. I was like, wow, this is just, like, great directing. Yes. Very uh, there, There's definitely a lot of moments in this movie where it's like, okay, this is, like, why film is made. Oh, <laughs> like, yeah, that's what I was completely. thinking. Like, it's it's so inspiring. And, like, yeah, mm-hmm. the first 15 minutes is all just, like, visual storytelling. And it's like, this cannot be done on, like, other mediums, I feel like. I don't know. I just Oh, yeah, like, it's awesome. Yeah, it's so beautiful. And, and, and still really engaging, too. Like, you're mm-hmm. not bored at all for the first... Like, I think it's very, like, ballsy, I guess, to, like, just to put no dialogue in the first 15 minutes. Like, and that's how that you grasp the audience attention is to, like... Yeah, the script not... must have been, like, I don't know, a bit of, like, a risk. Because, I mean, if you're showing that to, like, a producer and it's just, like, mm-hmm. 15 pages of almost prose writing, I mean, yeah, I'd be interested to read the script to see, like, what he yeah. actually ended up writing. Yeah, I would be, I'm sure it's, like, very, really interesting. Like, almost like yeah. a novel in a way. He could have um, also just, like, not written much. I read the script for Phantom Thread and it's, like, 65 pages. <laughs> and the movie is, like... Over two hours long, which makes no sense. It's oh, like wow. the script is just so much shorter than the actual, like it should be for the film. Uh-huh. Um, and so maybe that's the same. Maybe there will be blood is like a thirty-page script, <laughs> like the dialogue scenes, and then that's it. It's just, it's just only dialogue. He didn't write any yeah. of the action. Paul Dano screaming. <laughs> it's, like, <laughs> it's just like generally like an outline. Yeah, yeah. Like let Paul Dano riff on this one. Yeah, <laughs> just talk about exactly. God. <laughs> Um, yeah, I'd, I'd be really curious to read it. Um, but yeah, I think that that's generally an underrated part of PTA is just how well of a writer he is and how he can construct like these really tense scenes. Um, 
But yeah, um, let's go get into more specifics, I think. So for people who are listening and haven't seen this movie, um, what are you doing? <laughs> you, should yeah. go, you should go see this movie. <laughs> yeah, go see it. Um, it's very, very good. It's very good. I yeah. highly recommend. I think both of us can very highly recommend this movie. That's yeah, awesome. Um, uh, yeah, so go see the movie, come back, and then listen to the rest of this episode as we go into spoilers. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so uh, one of the things I wanted to talk about, um, so his name is Daniel Plainview, which... It's very obviously like, okay, your name is Plain View, so I get you're going to have like a plain view. Um, <laughs> did you feel that it was too obvious of a thing? Um, so, I didn't even think of that. Now I feel like oh, really? an idiot. Well, no, you're, th- it, you're the English major. I know, but it, it actually does make a lot of sense because his character is like very stereotypical capitalist oil man mm-hmm. like it's totally that and yeah. i mean and the only thing more obvious would have his last name literally been oil man <laughs> like yeah, that <laughs> well that would have been mm. a little overkill <laughs> um, okay so i guess it wasn't that obvious maybe well mm-hmm. well okay yeah well because and also we can talk also, about i just feel like yeah. i probably should have seen that or noticed <laughs> that so it is pretty obvious so yeah i'm sorry i didn't mean to like shame you <laughs> No, it's all right. I'll just go in the corner with my dunce right. cap. And, yeah. yeah. What are you? Yeah. What are you doing? Go read more books. <laughs> Come back. But, no, I'm kidding. Um, but also the other, the Eli and Paul character, but played by Paul Dano. Their last yeah. name was Sunday. Yeah. Okay, he was, no, that he, I did. He was like, <laughs> was yeah, like okay. head of the church. So religious people. Okay, yeah. we get it. Like, <laughs> um, but okay, I guess not then. I guess that's not. No, as I got obvious. the Sunday one. Okay. Um, but I think yeah. there's a clear. I think one of the themes, definitely in this movie, is the balance between either like corporate greed versus like religion. Oh um, yes. And I do do really want to like delve into that yeah. whole relationship and what they're trying to say exactly with that. Yes, um, I would like to do that as well. Yeah. Um. So we can get into that too. But I mm-hmm. do think the names kind of help distinguish that um, mm-hmm. difference too. So like when you can just read it, it's. I bet in the script it's even more obvious. Just that their names are like very obviously their characteristics. Um, yeah. Define them. Um, yeah, and I think it also, in, like, I guess, riffing off of the whole, like, plain view thing, it, like, mm-hmm. very much, it tries to show Daniel Day-Lewis as, like, this do-it-yourself kind of, like, from the boot, like, pulled himself up from his bootstraps kind of guy. It, like, it shows him in the very beginning, and he's, like, has all this unkempt facial hair, and he's, like, trying to, like, mine rocks down in this, like, hole, mm-hmm. and it's just, like, very rugged and... Like, that's the first, like, five minutes, and then mm-hmm. it transitions to him, like, digging through this, like, I don't know. Like, it just seems like PTA is, like, I think it does a good job in showing him make the full transition from, like, completely unorganized, like, self-made man to, like, booming. Right. Yeah, yeah there is definitely—I think there's a— I think there is, like, a difference and a, a, definitely a huge character arc in what he goes through from the beginning, and you see him, like— in the ground doing all that hard work and then by the mm-hmm. end he's just kind of gone to a certain madness i guess would be the best way to describe that yeah he's like um, spiritually depraved by the end of right. the movie <laughs> kind of just like enveloped by greed because i think yeah greed, i mean, i don't i'm not sure which i think there's a few themes that go on here but i think like greed is definitely a huge factor in yeah, this movie I mean, he has um, like that that whole monologue about like oh, i have this competition within me and i like mm-hmm. i need everyone else to lose in order to like be happy and i right. see the worst in people it's just like oh my god completely yes. consumed by <laughs> com- yeah. competition mm-hmm. yeah. i wrote down a quote so i wrote a couple things down but one that i think really showed his greed is earlier on so when the fire 
um, happens and the oil rig kind of like blows up and the fire they're watching the fire like throughout the whole night mm-hmm. um, and he's talking with one of the other guys that's next to him and he says like what are you even upset about there's a whole ocean of oil that's beneath us and no one can get it but me but me yeah yeah and that was like oh wow like because that, that was yeah. one of the first instances where it's like wow you're really not concerned with especially the ch- his child who's now deaf like yeah. from that accident he's less concerned about that and it's more concerned about what are we going to do about the oil and stuff so um yeah it's i definitely saw that as well one of my favorite scenes also showcasing his greed um when the i don't know what company it is but like these investors come something mm-hmm. to um his like oil site in um like little boston is what it's called I think. yes and he's like they're like we could just like we want to take your land pretty much and like take control of your oil um like we'll make you a millionaire if you want to mm. but like I guess I thought it was interesting was because at that point he turns them down and it becomes clear that it's like not even about the money anymore. It's just about like him knowing that he's like the only dog in the game pretty much. Like (laughs) he needs so badly to beat and like be superior to other people. He like refuses to settle even if he's going to like become a millionaire. He's like, no, like don't tell me how to raise my son. (laughs) It's like, oh, okay. (laughs) Well, yes. And there's a, there's a lot of other scenes. I can't like remember the exact specifics, but there's like where they're kind of looking at a map and they're trying to gain all these plots of land. And like, there's Mm -hmm. this one land that they missed and they're like, oh, but like we can already get all the land from it. But he's like, yes, but I, I need that. I, I, need, uh, I need to have that. Don't be thick with me, Al. Yeah. <laughs> this is my favorite line. <laughs> it's a good one. Start just using that around. <laughs> oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> um, but I do want to talk about, so I think there's another element of family in a sense. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, his son, H.W., um, he uses at the beginning of the movie, he uses almost him like a prop when he's giving pitches to people about trying to buy the land and stuff, he would be like, oh, it's just, like, self-made, like, me and my son, like, we're a family business. Yeah. And, like, so he uses that almost as a prop, but he doesn't really care about his son, and it's later revealed in the movie that he was an orphan, and so Mm -hmm. he's not even blood-related to him. And so it it almost comes literally to be a prop. Like, he picked him up almost to use him as a fake Yeah, it's very similar to his, like, appropriation of spiritual language because it's, like, very disingenuous rhetoric that he uses where he's like, oh, this is a family business. Like, it's all about community and, like, doing the Lord's work. But, Mm -hmm. like... It's not very subtle. We can like see as the like, the, the film yes. unfolds that he clearly does not care that much about his son, but also about religion. Like he he has the the whole right. like baptism scene at the end, and yes. like he yes. has like what supposedly looks like his moment of like awakening or salvation, where he's like, "Wash me in the blood, Lord." But then like the the next thing he says is like. I got that pipeline, like, we yes. were, like, yes. it's, to him, it's just all a performance, which is, like, yeah. Yes, I it is kind of all a performance. Um, he has other, like, when he also, when he gives the, that whole speech at the beginning, too, he kind of says that, like, oh, I'm just, like, a, I'm a normal guy, I, like, excuse my, like, plain speaking, like, I don't have a lot of yeah. education, like, he, like, plays on the fact that he's just like a normal guy average guy yeah. to appeal to more people transparent business um, kind of thing like i have nothing to hide i'm just a simple man like yeah. we're which all sounds family. very um, he even he has like a line at the when he's talking to the townspeople where he's like i'm gonna modernize like this town and then we're gonna share in the wealth and like obviously like mm. we know that that kind of like collectivist community like we're gonna share the wealth idea is like 
not at all <laughs> what he is imagining <laughs> is exactly. the end goal of his company is yeah yeah that's how he kind of like tricks people um <laughs> and there i think that def- definitely certain like ties into like trump a little bit i don't want to get into that but like because <laughs> this movie was obviously made before that but i do think there's something to be said about like businessmen who are in it for greed and like will appeal to people's sensibilities even if they don't actually believe them yeah um, it's like this i mean upton sinclair is like a very famous socialist mm-hmm. and like even the jungle which like most people remember it as like the anti like meat industry he like talks about in an interview where he's like oh like with the jungle i was aiming for the the people's hearts but instead i hit their stomach because he's like the book also has a lot to do with like workers exploitation and like protecting immigrant labor and stuff like that and there will be blood um and like the book oil are Uh also very much about that as like we see in the very beginning with like multiple people getting crushed by different oil like machinery items yeah this movie was very violent as well it really showed like the danger of the job because all the deaths i feel like were very sudden too like i'd just be like i thought the blood was metaphorical but there was literal blood he's like (laughs) i thought that was such a striking image when he's like in the beginning um he's with the guy in like the oil pit Mm -hmm. and the piece of machinery like falls and it hits the guy and blood like shoots everywhere yes. and then daniel day lewis is like looking at his baby and has like just oil and blood caked on his skin i'm like oh my god yeah. they like baptize they're like baptism imagery with like the the kid hw like yes. in oil i was like oh more of this uh non-verbal yeah. directing going on here i like it <laughs> Yeah, no, that's good. And it definitely ties in religion back to yeah. it because there's just definitely this opposition between the two. Um, quickly, back to the family point, though. I said uh, I do think it's interesting, though, that or uh, kind of ironic in a sense that he really doesn't have any family that uh, you kind of realize by the end. Like the yeah. the brother that comes out of nowhere isn't actually his brother. He was lying about that. Yeah. There may or may not have actually been a real brother that he took the place of. That may have been a lie too. But like, yeah, his wife, uh, I guess, died. He claimed she died during childbirth, but there probably was never even a wife. He's probably never been married. Well, yeah, it's implied that, like, the, his son is just an orphan yeah, <laughs> at that the he, end. I mean, right. it's unclear, I think, but, like... He the, could be lying to his son. Yeah, but I feel like very much a point that they were trying to make is that he feels, like, insecure in this absence of family, even if he doesn't, like, ostensibly seem that way. He has that, that scene where he's looking at the photo of, like his brother or i think it was like from the diary of the guy pretending to be his brother and mm-hmm. he's like almost in tears i thought that was like oh, the true. most sympathetic i was able to feel to daniel day lewis's character yeah that is true i did forget about that um mm. scene but i think yeah i kind of think what, what's important it's not necessarily important what if he was actually an orphan or anything at the end yeah. but it's more just that's how Daniel Day-Lewis' character perceives his son, that he might as well be an orphan. Like, there is no connection. Like, he's just a competitor. Like, yeah, he's literally he like, you're not son. my son anymore. You're just my competitor now. It's like, right. oh, God. I think I wrote, <laughs> a, like, a line from that. Um, uh, yeah, maybe not. But, <laughs> yeah, no, that, that scene <laughs> yeah. was very crazy. Uh, and Daniel Day-Lewis is acting when he's, like, barking at the, like, sign language interpreter. I was like, oh, my God, this is incredible. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, there is. Yeah, that whole scene is just, yeah, yeah. <laughs> really good. Um, that's definitely like one of the scenes where it's just so captivating to watch that you're mm-hmm. just like, so glued um, to what's happening. So I do want to talk about more about Paul Dano's character and the whole religion part and how that comes in. 
Um, generally, how, like generally speaking, like what did you think of like what is P.T. Anderson trying to say about religion in this film? Yeah. And how does that relate to like corporate greed or whatever you want to call it? Well, yeah, I think the point that he's trying to make is that like spirituality or like the church of the third revelation is what they're called is like incompatible with like greed and avarice and excess which like obviously both of these two characters like the one is the the pious christian man who i yeah i mean i don't really like paul dano's character Mm -hmm. but like I really don't like either of the characters, but I, think I don't the, think you're supposed to. I yeah, think. like I think the po- the point could be that like these ideals, these like opposite extremes, are n- like unable to coexist, which I think is a, an interesting message, especially through like a, a capitalist or like anti-capitalist <laughs> um, lens in this case. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, I, I agree with what you're saying. I do. Th- feel i don't know if this is totally purposeful but i feel like there is sort of like an anti-religion element to this movie like no it, i agree like, yeah <laughs> um yeah the like, whole arthritis thing like it, that, it's yeah, that's exactly like what poking I fun at like the idea of like spirituality being able to like replace pragmatic solutions to things yes like obviously yes. paul dano can't cure this woman's like arthritis just by being like get the spirit out like kick it out of this church but i mean yes i guess the get film, out of your ghost yes yeah, like <laughs> the alternative is daniel day lewis just being like i'm gonna take all the money like you guys can just right suffer yeah there definitely is like an opposition between the two but i also think he is trying to draw comparisons between religion and like corporate corporations and stuff yeah. too i think they're because like both like i think we found ourselves laughing more in this movie than i had guessed going into it because yeah. some of it is pretty funny <laughs> like that scene with the arthritis just ends up being so ridiculous he's like so he's screaming and yeah. he's like the whole whole church is like yes like and they're also screaming with yeah. him and like paul dano is definitely framed as being like ridiculously overreactive and kind of mm-hmm. dramatic and a bit of I mean, I don't want to say, like, a false prophet, like they say, but he's, like, <laughs> it seems like he's more of a performer than an actual prophet, I guess is a way I would put it. Yeah, they're both putting on a performance. I mean, you said, too, like, yeah. Daniel Day-Lewis is kind of doing the same thing. So they're both, in a sense, putting on performances that are inherently opposite and, like, would oppose each other. Mm-hmm. But I think, to the core, they're maybe more similar than they think. And I think they kind of break that down in the last scene of the movie, where he makes them say, like, you're a false prophet and everything. And I think... Oh yeah, it's you like kind of it's totally, the same person. Yeah, almost. it's completely mirrored to that like confession scene earlier and like they they're yes. both just forcing each other sure. to confess to like very embarrassing and humiliating things that like But true things that happen to them that they're repressing or pretending that don't exist about each other. Yeah, I which think. I yeah, that's definitely what like I took away a lot from the film was the way in which like Daniel Day-Lewis's business and his drive for competition are completely at odds with the idea of like having a stable family or being able to protect like the people who are working for you or to even like provide for the people in your community Mm. because like there's not a moment i think in the film where he does something that is seemingly like selfless it seems like he's always operating under the mode i need to just continue to create capital and Mm -hmm. like expand my empire and it's depressing i guess in that way yeah i could see yeah it is depressing um yeah (laughs) 
<laughs> the movie's not depressing. Like the, the I guess the, the theme, the theme <laughs> is kind of yeah. depressing. And the way it ends too is like depressing. I guess. What, yeah. What exactly did you take away from the ending? Because like, well, in a yeah. sense, it is like plain view is winning because he kills. Well, no, Sunday. I, mean, I did not see yeah, it as him not, winning. Is more. I just thought like. Oh, he's become so animalistic and like mm-hmm. depraved that um, he's been driven to the point of murdering the man who I guess like challenged him, which yeah. is just like I, I f- don't know. I feel like <laughs> yeah, like what I was saying. I feel like they're generally they're kind of the same person, and you kind of realize that towards the end. I feel like that murder is almost more like representative of that they're just the one person. Like they no longer need two people to function because they're not opposites. They're like. Oh, I don't know. That's, that's interesting. Yeah. So that's kind of how I was seeing the ending. It was like, oh, whoa, like, these are, this is actually one person with one point of view. Um, oh. I don't know could if that's a real... That? I'm actually very interested in that. I guess, like, what... Could you just talk about that more? <laughs> yeah, sure. I mean, yeah, I mean, so, like, plain view versus Sunday. So that's, like, church versus, like, corporations. At least that's how I'm seeing that. And then yeah. I think throughout the whole movie, they, they challenge each other, like you were saying, and they're opposites. Yeah. Um, but as you kind of like, and they beat each other up, and then he like, like he kind of bullies Paul Dano's character a lot, and then mm-hmm. I think it kind of flips, and Paul Dano bullies him by making him confess and doing that whole thing and screaming in front of the church, and then it kind of comes back at the end, and then you kind of, I guess by him making him say I'm a false prophet, like um, whatever he, like he God says is after a that. superstition, God yeah. is a superstition. He makes him say it over and over again until the words do become true. Like I think the words have were true the whole time mm-hmm. and that was plain of view's belief but then by him saying it over and over again he realizes that he also is indeed a false prophet and has been putting on this performance oh yeah no and, like it's at the at the end it's very much framed as like both of them are wrong because like the, yeah. the, the the priest guy's like like god did not make me like privy to all of the economic disasters that were going to happen it's like well yeah, like, I feel like the point that it could be making is, like, spirituality has a place, and, like, even if it's just in a way of, like, being selfless and caring about other people, mm-hmm. like, that has a place, but it, like, it can't cure your arthritis, and it can't, like, predict the booms and busts of, like, an economic cycle in the way that, like, people like Paul Dano's character might like to think that it can, like provide for all and answer all of the questions yes yes you know (laughs) everyone's wrong is the message of the story right but yeah i mean i think those two characters are definitely in the wrong yeah but i mean the community is generally as like a whole yeah and the sun character hw is right portrayed pretty uh, like uniformly positive he's like the victim yeah. of he his seems dad's to have neglect escaped. but like at yeah. the end it's him who's like i want to go establish my own business like i don't see us as competitors i would rather you be my father than like mm-hmm. have to lose you because of competition yeah um yeah i agree but i think what's interesting is that the ending is how they choose to end it as it's like one it's it's still daniel plainview is still alive and still like a competitor theoretically to HW like he's still like a person um and so I even though he was just going to go to prison at the end I was like what happens now <laughs> like he's murdered right. someone but he also did murder like his fake brother earlier in the movie yeah. and he I had thought no that cons- was going to be like a because it's like frontier justice, excuse me, frontier justice, yes. where the guys like come like join our church and like I'll let you build your pipeline I won't report you kind of thing and mm. it's like oh 
interesting <laughs> like, <laughs> lack of justice. Well, I don't know. Maybe at the end, the the point is that. Um, well, I mean, I think by like purposefully choosing to end it there, it's like deliberately pointing out like the point of the movie isn't necessarily like like how we deal out justice or like questions about how we like respond to it, but more just like look at how awful of a human being <laughs> Daniel Plainview has become. Like, mm-hmm. look how little he has like to live for mm-hmm. at this point in the movie. I, I thought that was very powerful. I thought the ending yeah. was very good. The ending yeah. is very good. Um, I'm curious, did you find yourself latching on to either Paul Dano or Daniel Day-Lewis's character throughout the film? Like, did no. you empathize with any of them more than the other? No, I empathized with the son character the most, for sure. Okay. Especially in um, what I thought was interesting was, I guess, it, when I was going into the movie, I assumed that it was going to be just about Daniel Day-Lewis. And, like, I guess in the way of, like, I didn't... I didn't predict that the son character was going to have much of, like, a role in the film. Mm -hmm. But even in that, like, establishing shot where Daniel Day-Lewis is talking to all of these, like, possible or prospective investors, and he's like, it's the first time that we hear dialogue in the film, and he's Mm -hmm. like, this is my son, H.W. Um, I just thought it was interesting. They, like, have the camera on Daniel Day-Lewis, but then it, it, like, shifts shifts over (laughs) to the son. And I was like... That's interesting, because, like, and it wasn't just for, like, a second. Like, it's, like, panning into, like, the sun, and I thought that was cool, because I was, like, I think it establishes that that sun character has more significance than Mm -hmm. perhaps we are led to initially believe. I agree. I think almost the audience is supposed to be in the character of the sun. Like, that's who we're supposed to relate to, and that's who we're supposed to embody. And the the book is written from the perspective of the sun. Oh, there we go. Okay. Yeah, and it's like, you Um, know, I think a lot of the way that they frame the characters in the beginning is very reminiscent of the beginning of the book, which opens mm. with the father (laughs) and son. 15 pages. Yeah, so they're they're (laughs) driving on, like, this road, and the son... And the father are dressed the exact same way, except like the father has a cig- like a cigar in his mouth, okay. and they're just driving down this road at exactly fifty miles per hour. And the son explains like, my father has like decided that fifty miles per hour is the most economical way to like drive your car, like no slower, no faster. And if someone comes like on the like on the mm. opposite side of the road, they like don't move. <laughs> they're just like, we will take our side, and you will take your side, and like. They, like, refuse oh, to get off the road at all is what I'm trying to say. And okay. it's, like, you see that kind of attitude of, like, I will bow to, like, I will yield for no one in, <laughs> like, Daniel yes, Day-Lewis's character in this movie. Uh-huh. Um, but I agree. Like, it is. it seems like it's we're supposed to be viewing it through, like, the eyes of the son character mm-hmm. who is, like, <laughs> very much the victim of his father's which I don't know if they're trying to say anything more about that if that's supposed to be like people are the victims of greed like Mm -hmm. generally speaking like or corporations like the father is like what we see as like corporations today or like I don't know if something like that Um, no I think so I think it it like very much it's definitely a criticism of like competition and like a mindset of only ever wanting to create more capital because I think as the film rightly points out like that is something you can do but ultimately you will probably not be fulfilled by it and like your life Mm -hmm. you will not think back on your life and reflect like oh this was a life well spent if like you have no family and no faith (laughs) like I mean I'm not a religious person but like I mean faith in the way of like 
caring about other people and like yeah, being a selfless just, person yeah. <laughs> like yes i agree with that um yeah i do want to talk about so there this is a really interesting shot um in the middle of the movie it's with him and his his fake brother henry mm. um and they're at the beach together and yes. so they they go in the water and there's this really amazing shot of him half submerged and you can see half below and half mm-hmm. above um and I, that was about halfway through the movie too where i think he's slowly more descending into this madness character and getting uh like obsessed with greed and stuff yeah um and then they go sit on the beach together and henry is completely submerged by the darkness of the shadow yeah and daniel Plainview's perfectly in the light and then there's a, a third shot in the sequence that he's back in the water and a wave comes from behind him and like the music swells and then he's just completely enveloped. He's like literally by, pushed off the frame by yeah, the wave. Yeah, the wave yeah. just completely crushes him and then it just moves on to the next scene. I feel like that. Yeah, that shows was a very interesting scene to yes. me. And like even just for like the superficial reason, I guess, of like it's the most of Daniel Day Lewis's like body that we see in the whole film. Like, oh, interesting. I just thought it was it was bizarre to me to go from like grimy like arid desert setting to suddenly like the ocean and Daniel Day-Lewis is like swimming in blue water it's like the color palette is like completely changed and I thought that was really interesting yes and again it's also there's no dialogue in that whole scene as well so it's all just visual storytelling and Mm -hmm. you can pick up how drastic that that changes and you can really focus in on the imagery that they're trying to say about what's happening yeah Um, and I also think like what you were saying with the whole like half submerged like half in the light kind mm-hmm. of imagery um maybe you have something more to say about this but i think it could have to do with like the fact that he has like a certain performative facade but that ultimately like there is more that maybe he doesn't even understand within him if that makes sense oh interesting that okay i didn't quite read it that way but i, I read it more as like um, like latching on to like a certain like goodness, like caring about his son versus going completely in with the corporation greed of getting well, the yeah, oil. Yeah, um, indecision. Yeah, and yeah. he ends up choosing his selfishness instead. Because um, I think a scene after that is when he murders his fake brother too. Um, mm. So then that shows, and I do think I think this might tie into religion a little bit as like maybe like Cain killing Abel, um, like from the Bible. Yeah, um, I thought of that. Yeah, like, I, I mean, I thought of that. So I guess maybe, <laughs> maybe. that was intentional. Maybe. <laughs> if we both thought of that. That's interesting. Yeah, yeah. but I, I, maybe not. But I think they're including a lot of religion. Well, um, it is kind of like a godless kind of character killing the more. I guess. I mean, I wouldn't really call his brother the like archetype of yeah. spiritual well-being, but like, right. I he, guess he was less like treacherous. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, he wasn't necessarily the best character either. Yeah. Um, And they do, there is one quick line that he said when Henry first introduced himself, he's like, oh, I'm the son of Ernest Plainview, which I guess is their father's name. Yeah. Um, Which I just think is another, like, just the fact that his name is Ernest. Brother from another mother. Yes. (laughs) I was like, okay. Um, But maybe that plays into, like, their father is a more pure version, and you see, like, this more corrupt version of the kid. Ernesty, yeah. Yeah. So, um, I don't know how much of this all is purposeful, but... I don't know either. <laughs> That's the magical thing about Paul Thomas Anderson yeah. films is we can just endlessly speculate <laughs> about, about the movie. <laughs> yeah. He's yeah. like, oh, none of that was actually I did, but yeah, well, I'm glad you guys got that. Something I thought was very interesting <laughs> was the setting um, because I I thought it was really cool that they chose to set like um, 
set the movie at like nine. It's like eighteen ninety eight. It's like the turn of the century. Yeah. Um, and it, I think it's a cool setting because it's like at this kind of crossroads where you have. I guess more like rural manifest destiny, like West America. It's like unexplored and undeveloped. And then you have these like modernizing urban forces that are like encroaching and like literally like extracting value from the land. Mm -hmm. Um, And I thought it was really interesting because, I mean, not only because like contemporaneous like oil industry stuff is happening, but just because I think it's like very representative of. I guess you could say, like, parasitic corporate, like, motives of, like, moving in on something that is, like, pure or untouched and then trying to, like, remove value, you know, Mm -hmm. or, like, capital from it. I thought that was very cool, and I really appreciated it. Um, Yeah. No, I totally agree with that. And not to, like, draw another comparison to religion, but I think... No, yeah, they're doing by all means. (laughs) (laughs) I think they do that, like also with religion in the film too um so like specifically with eli's character because i think he um it's like he's forcing the church onto their like thing he, he, he's so adamant he's like oh we're gonna build all these new roads and education and stuff and he's like is there still gonna be like a road to the church and he's like that's where we'll, we're gonna put it number one like that's yes, the number one spot the so church. i think and like generally speaking and just within christianity like there's been a lot of um christian people that have just come on other people's land and forced religion onto them um, yes. And so there's probably a certain yeah. parallel between how um, greedy businessmen and oil um, people like also want to do the same thing. Um, so there might be something to grab from that. But no, yeah, I I definitely think that yeah. is very relevant to today as well. Yeah. <laughs> um, I do want to talk about the scene of uh, Daniel Plainview when he is he has to repent his sins in the church. Mm. Um, I really thought that like. It's a really interesting scene because it's almost showing that, like, okay, religion can maybe, like, relieve guilt that you're facing. Like, he forces him to come to terms and repressed ideas about him abandoning his son. He forces him to bring that, and it's supposed to just make you feel better. Like, it, it you know, like, religion, it, there's, like, confessions and things in that. Yeah, um, it is, like, the catharsis of, like, being able to admit your wrongdoings, which I definitely, like... I see in the scene, despite his resistance to admitting that he's abandoned his son, like when he does say it and it's like so visceral and like emotional, it's like, oh, wow. Like, right. But it I, is cool. But then we're saying like yeah. right after he's he's back to his old ways. He talks about the pipelines like yeah. immediately afterward. <laughs> so it's like wh- I think the way this scene is constructed is really interesting. Cause it's like, what are you trying to exactly say with that? Like, what is PTA trying to say? And is it like trying to point out like certain ridiculousness nature of parts of religion that like yeah like just saying what you've done just a performance or like Mm -hmm. is he genuinely like repenting for like trying to absolve himself of his sins right and does that make Daniel Plainview like more comfortable doing more crappy things later on like because he's he's confessed to it like does that allow you to rid yourself of guilt to then fill yourself up with more wrongdoings like it is but, very interesting. Yeah. yeah. I'm not trying to like diss on religion, but I do think they're trying to say certain things about that. Yeah, um, like it's a catalyst by which people can like feel less guilty about like shit that they do that is like yeah. moral. Excuse yeah. me. Yeah. <laughs> <Very good. laughs> um yeah, so I think that's interesting. I think that uh, like Eli's character really embodies that hypocrisy maybe. Mm-hmm. Um and especially when he has to like finally admit that he's like a false prophet or whatever at the end, that's yeah. him finally coming to terms with all of his wrongdoings. Like he he realizes that he he's also a quote unquote sinner and that he's done all of these things. So, um, 
Yeah, it yeah. really make him look like a charlatan at the end. It's kind of like, oh, geez. Like, yes. <laughs> he just is pathetic. He's like, I need this money. Like, please come drill from this land, which mm. I thought was such a good scene. And, mm. like, obviously the, the very famous I drink your milkshake line, which was... Oh, yeah. I had not... I, had, I feel like maybe I've heard references to it before. I think also when it I happened, have. I was like, oh, my God, this is insane. Like, I yeah. love this. <laughs> yeah. And that, that scene felt so, like, raw and real. Like, I'm so curious to, like, read the script and how much of that was, like, ad lib. Because yeah. the way Dan Lee-Lewis plays it, it's crazy. And he's running around the whole place, and, it like, the camera perfectly follows him. So it's like, I don't know how much of this is, like, improvised. Yeah. But it just comes off so natural. Like, he, like, really just thought of that analogy on the spot. And then, like... Yeah, Daniel Day-Lewis is such a good actor. It's like... (laughs) Hot take. (laughs) Yeah, like, a bit of a tangent. But, like, the character he plays in Phantom Thread is, like, somewhat similar to Daniel Plainview in his, like, single-mindedness and, like, I guess his extreme, like, meticulous, like, nature in his own work. But, like, I don't... I, I guess, I don't know. They're very, very different films because, like, Phantom Thread... Like, which is different. I know this is not an episode about Phantom Thread, but no, I think away, it's, it's it. interesting that, like, that movie feels a lot more emotional and, like, character... <laughs> emotional's not a good word. But, like, the characters in it are a lot more... Um, not, like, fleshed out, but they have a lot more opportunities to speak and to, like, have conversations with each other. And this film is, like, not as much about that. Like, there are a lot of long dialogue scenes, but a lot of the, like, really, like we've been saying, like, a lot of it is nonverbal and driven mostly by mm-hmm. the directing. Um, and I guess what's interesting to me is that, like, There Will Be Blood has, like, two really strong and, like, well-defined characters who are, like, coming into complete opposition with each other. And, like, in the exact same way, like, Phantom Thread is very much about the the exact same thing, but it's, like, not from the perspective of, like, businessmen and pastors as much as it is, (laughs) like, just two people who are trying to, like, embark on a relationship pretty much. Right. Which I think is very cool. Yeah, so. <laughs> and yeah, to, yeah. I know. I really like what you're saying there, and to draw on further that, like, not to really spoil what happens to Phantom Thread at the end. But oh yeah, I, I think See they Phantom Thread, everyone, please. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah really, it's really good. <laughs> but I think the end of that, almost they find a certain balance. Whereas this one, it comes to like full fruition, and yeah, like, like they cannot coexist. Th- there is no at coexisting. All. Where I think Phantom Thread, there is a certain level of coexisting. Yeah, there, there's like a yielding on both sides. They both have to like give up some like drive of theirs i love phantom thread i think the ending is so <laughs> yeah. good oh my god yeah, yeah no it is really good i mean this movie's good too no yeah he's a it's a wonderful film see see everything by paul thomas anderson well, yeah. i guess i shouldn't say that you've i haven't seen two, seen, and you're like, I've yeah. seen two you yeah. should really watch more of them i think you would like them. yeah i will <laughs> sorry um going back to like the ending too um i also just wrote because right before paul dano's character dies he keeps saying, like, you're my brother. Like, he's running around the bowling alley or whatever. He's like, you're my brother. Like, yeah. like, don't do this. Like, what are you doing? Like, you're my brother. He keeps saying this over and over again. And it's, like, it's not an, a literal brother, but, again, I think it plays into the idea of plain view, not having family. And other people may view him as having family. Like, he might as well be his legitimate brother, but I don't think he would be reacting differently if it was his little, like, actual brother. And he would still kill him because he doesn't view family yeah. as anything. He doesn't view that as any... 
importance you know like it's all about him and it's all about selfishness yeah it's all superficial to him mm-hmm. like, i guess the idea of family to him is like a marketing strategy <laughs> and yeah <laughs> not it at really all is. yeah yeah anything about relationships or like emotional well-being mm-hmm. yeah and he even claims that he's like he's the third revelation like and he's like coming and he's yeah. about to smash him with the bowling pin like he's like i am the one like not you like which i think is interesting how that yeah. flips um yeah i don't know he definitely, like, at the end has this, like, the persona of being so, like, all-powerful and, like, all-present that when he says, like, I am the third revelation, it's, like, you kind of believe it because he's, like, I guess just all of his movements and his acting is so, like, bombastic and large that it's, it was impressive to me. I was, like, like his his presence is just completely filling the space, I guess is what I was thinking. Oh. Yeah, uh, I like that. Yeah, and like Paul Dano was like cowered in the corner, like running mm-hmm. around. I just thought it was Definitely. very a very well directed scene. It absolutely is. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It's really crazy how they do it, and there's a certain level of like humor attached to it that like almost breaks the tension, but in a, a way it doesn't. Like it almost adds to it, like with having humor involved. Just like how ridiculous. Like if you step back for a minute, and you're like, he's just running at him with a like bowling pin, like trying to kill him. Like it's there's a certain. It's very clumsy. <laughs> yeah, it's like clumsy fighting and stuff. But yeah, it's not like down pat. Uh, oh yeah, it's not like the raid or something where it's like these martial arts people. Right. Which I'm, I'm not, it's interesting that he portrays violence in that way. Like, even when people die from like the oil rigs and stuff, it's like very sudden and like it's not how movie deaths I think it's are like, shown. It's very normally. messy violence, very messy, yeah. which like I guess it adds to like a certain grittiness of realness of like to make this character feel more true to reality. Yeah, yeah. I think with the, the death of his like fake brother was very abrupt and like mm. startling like i yeah we were both like Whoa. just like very <laughs> like a very violent reaction to something and it's like i don't know i guess i was like kind of like oh wow like he's a frightening character or at least he is in that moment he's just kind of like unhinged it seems like. yes i agree yeah. um so i have a question so do you think that daniel plainview at all is redeemable in any sense like do you find any part that you're empathizing with um in the or do you view tr- him as like an antagonistic character well i feel like i see him as kind of like a tragic character because i think um, the film goes out of its way to show that he at least does not feel fulfilled by what he has like at the ending you can read it as pretty much just him continuing to try to like beat his competition and he like it's not like he finds a place of peace or i guess like if we're going to do like joseph campbell terminology he does not like return to his world with like a new status quo as much like he's still just trying to like fight and continue to like squash his enemies um and so i guess i do feel sympathy in the way of like he clearly feels bad <laughs> about not really having a family mm-hmm. But he, it's kind of, like, tragic in the way of, like, he's just so consumed with greed that he, like, is unable to reach a sort of happy ending. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> You're fine. For some reason, the mic keeps cutting out. <laughs> yeah, apologies, everyone. <laughs> no worries. It's definitely not you. Um, yeah, so I think there's, like, two ways to kind of read this. I don't know. Maybe I'm curious what you think. But, like, do you think, like, 
his Daniel Day-Lewis's character can I think can definitely be played as he represents corporate America or just greed in general. Um, and you're seeing it as that, and we're supposed to relate to the son, and like we're the victim of him and those types of people and that corporation mentality. Or if he represents more of like society and how we're all similar to him, which is more depressing. But that we're like we represent a person who can easily be like any human. Like people in general just can be corrupt by greed and fall down the path that he does and fall like this tragic arc, like you're saying. Like, well, I definitely feel like the former okay. speaks to me a bit more, but I feel bad because I, I can you're tell... not wanting to admit. <laughs> well, yeah, no, maybe I'm maybe I'm secretly driven by greed and I maybe. don't care about my family at all. Um, <laughs> no, but I feel like. <laughs> Just I, in large part because it's adapted from the Upton Sinclair like novel, mm-hmm. like I guess the text itself seems like very anti-capitalist, and like the point seems to be mm-hmm. that like this kind of rampant greed comes at the expense of both like the protection of the people working for you and like those in the community with you, but also like your own family values and like your own sense of self, mm-hmm. but. Um, I mean, I, I guess like <laughs> the the latter <laughs> um, interpretation could be interesting. I guess. Do you mean like? Do you think it's trying to make a commentary on like we are like all susceptible in like American? Like, when you say yeah. society, do you just mean like American society, especially? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Probably that. Yeah. So like, do you are you? I guess I don't want to speak for you, but no, at least are it. you speak thinking like, like our American society makes it too easy for people to start caring about what we would call like superficial things like money mm. and wealth and like being the best at whatever you're doing. Yeah, um, at like I, that is what I'm going for. You know, I, I think. think that is like something that the film is trying to say. I actually right. agree with that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, 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 they're kind of separate readings, but I guess in a way like, they're they very like closely intertwined. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like Some, someone's doing something suck, bad, but like people run those corporations. Exactly. And, like yeah. they have a moral conscience, but like, right? What happens to it if like they're exploiting people? Like, what what kind of decision do you have to make when like one of your workers gets like murdered by a piece of oil machinery? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I guess not murdered, like killed by a piece of oil machinery. <laughs> it's like do I cover it up? Like, do I just bury the body and like go exactly. ask the pastor to say a blessing or like, do I try to, I think they, they even bring it up in the movie. Like the, um, Eli is like, well, I see a lot of reasons that this could have happened. Like you're working them 12 hours a day. They're like drinking on the job. Mm-hmm. And he's like, well, are you going to be the one to make like a gold rain down on all of us? Yeah. And it's like, well, he's literally like, like, well, they're spending so much time at church. Maybe if they spent less time at church, they'd have more time to sleep. Like he, yeah. he blames it on them. Um, yeah, that's actually very interesting. It could be not as much that. Oh, wait, okay, okay like, go. Eureka moment. Like, <laughs> yes. you know, it, I actually totally see, like, Daniel Plainview doesn't just see, like, Eli and his church as, like, bad people. He sees them as, like, competition because they're, like... Do you oh, see what I mean uh-huh, with the okay, whole, like, okay. if they weren't going to your church as much, then they would, yeah, like, be working okay. for me thing? Yeah. As maybe he's threatened by the idea of, like, spirituality because it, mm. like, makes people 
realize their self-worth or like <laughs> want to have a, an adequate <laughs> like way to live <laughs> right. something like that yeah it could also go back to what i was saying about how he realizes they're kind of one and the same by the end but like at the beginning it's he's building up this mentality that they're competitors and like op- opposing each other yeah because um, they are both like community leaders of like completely different communities but they're in the same way kind of like not like dictators but they're the like the figurehead of their respective communities and the people who are supposed to be controlling and leading the their followers or their acolytes or whatever it is right i think definitely daniel plainview views his workers as like a certain following like he almost views himself like this weird cult leader kind of thing it's like the same mentality that eli has for his church like, I yeah. feel like he views himself as, like, a god-type figure. Yeah, I thought that was an interesting moment when, like, he does all this talk about, like, oh, like, I want to get to know everyone in this community, and, like, I want to, like, for all of you to feel comfortable speaking with me. And then the guy, like, his worker dies, and he's like, did I know who he was? And the guy's like, nope. And he's like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, wow. This is very, it's, like, clearly all a, a marketing yeah, scheme. it's like part it, of the facade. performance. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> um, I, so I'm curious, do you view his, like, generally his character arc? Because I think he kind of goes from at least someone who appears to be more caring and more like the everyday man to a person who's completely lost to madness and greed and is, like, murdering people by the end. Do you I, view... don't, I don't even know if I would say at the beginning he's, like, that redeemable. Like, he's definitely working for himself, but, like, in that opening monologue, he's talking... He's, like, using the exact same language that he uses later in the movie of, like... Like, do you want to, like, deal with middlemen and, like, bureaucracy? Like, you have to get a contractor if you want to get a contract. <laughs> like, I'll just do it all for you. Like, I'm a family business. Like, this is totally transparent and fine. Like, I don't mm-hmm. know. From the very beginning, it just seemed like he's been... <laughs> I guess what I would say is that as the film goes on, his commitment to his, like, image as a family man seems to disappear like i think that is his the arc that i saw in the film is that at the beginning he seems like at least devoted to pretending that his son is like a like an essential part of his business and why he's doing it but by the end he just sees him as another force of competition and it's willing to say like oh you're an orphan like you're not my son i don't care about you yeah yeah, no, I agree. I mean, generally, that's kind of my question. Is like, do, do maybe you view you saw that... it differently? I don't know. No, I, I think I agree with you, Fair but right. I think there is something to be said. That where is it an arc? Like, does he change it all, or is that really the beginning is more of a performance, and he's always been that way, just right underneath the surface? So it's like and an unmasking. Of it's his more character. of an unmasking of his character rather than any <laughs> no, actual I, change. I totally think that's what it is. Like, I agree, <laughs> especially. Oh God, I'm just gonna keep talking about the book, but the book, like, it, it's the supposed... book read 15 pages. <laughs> yes, okay. no, but the beginning of the book is written from the perspective of like a child who is in reverence of his father, and he's like, oh my God, he's like so incredible, and he doesn't settle for anyone, um, mm-hmm. and it, it, I feel like it could be in that sense, kind of like a, a film about unmasking the greed of like. Mm-hmm. business and yeah. the desire to make more money yeah and the the human psych or just to like be the best yeah because yeah. it's you know, like i was saying earlier it's like not even necessarily about the money to him as much as just like being better than everyone else and like having to always create more not settling for anyone yeah yeah definitely yeah <laughs> um yeah so i i have another 
question for you. Um, okay. <laughs> so, I feel like I should come up with some questions. I need to start brainstorming. So, there's an earlier scene where Daniel Plainview is beating up Eli. Um, yeah. He's like, he's literally saying, I think the. He's like, I'm going to bury you under yeah. my oil or something. Yeah, he's literally like, ah. trying to bury him and he's like shoving dirt in his mouth and stuff. Yeah. Um, how do you read that scene? I think there's a bunch of ways you can read it. Um, but yeah, I'll just let you answer it first. Well, I, I thought that was it. interesting because I it reminded me of the scene earlier in the film where Eli is like, I don't remember the woman with arthritis's name, but she, he's like, know. the weapon that we will use is a gentle whisper. And like, I guess it made me think of that because their like fighting styles, mm-hmm. like per se, yeah. are so like different. Like one of them is like, we will fight like I mean obviously he isn't like doing gentle whispers in a lot of his sermons but like (laughs) I guess the idea of like a gentle whisper versus like literally shoving oil into your enemy's mouth and being like I will bury you (laughs) the metaphor can't be more clear (laughs) (laughs) yeah no so I was like oh it it seems like to me it didn't seem like a triumphant scene it seemed like Daniel Day-Lewis was kind of like desperately like I don't know like beating the shit out of this guy and it was like but the thing is, like, at the same time, Paul Dano's character isn't really portrayed as the victim as much as just, like, kind of silly and annoying. Yeah. He's, like, like... In a certain sense, like, you feel like he deserves squealing it. Yeah. In, like, the mud. He's, like, screaming like yeah. a child. It's kind of like, oh, it's just unpleasant to watch, but in the best possible way. Yes, I, I agree with that. <laughs> um, yeah, so going off of that, too, I like, so... When I first read it and I wrote down, I felt that, like, it was more like, okay, Daniel Day-Lewis is the oil man, the businessman, um, and he's, like, beating up the little guy. That was, like, how I first read it because he, Paul Daniel comes off so weak in that and yeah. he comes off so strong. So I was like, is he trying to beat up, the like, an individual? Is he trying to beat up religion? Um, well, I don't know because the way you actually said that kind of makes me think, like, it seems like in the same way that Daniel Day-Lewis has to put on, like, he has to do performative, like, callousness of not caring, or no, performative, like, family values of, like, I care about my family, I care about my business, like, my business comes first, Paul Dano, and, like, I guess you could say the church mm-hmm. have to do a kind of performative weakness of, like, we are humble, and we are, like, quiet fighters, and we're, like, we're not really aggressive, you know, yes. in that in a similar kind of way, but like ultimately in the same way of like unmasking Daniel Day Lewis's performance is just like greedy and soulless. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like Paul Dano's whole idea of like we are humble and we are selfless. Like that is kind of unmasked as like we're lost and we don't really know what we're doing and like they're I don't know, they're did you think they were manipulative at the end? In what way? Like when he's like going to ask for him to like go drill in his land. I guess it wasn't even that it was manipulative. It just felt like sycophantic. Like he was like trying to fawn over Daniel Day Lewis's character at the beginning. You know, with his brother, yeah. like you're my brother. Like we're the same. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Like what do you, uh, yeah. what do you think? Yeah, it is interesting because I think he does playing up to that sort of brother thing at the end too. He's like. He's, like, revealing, like, okay, like, I want the oil, too. Like, let's do this. And then, mm-hmm. like, he reveals that he already got the oil or whatever. So, like, he, like, reveals himself to be similar in values to Daniel Day-Lewis, only to find out that he just got, like, duped by him. 
Um, yeah. Well, yeah. I just think. I guess what I would say in conclusion to your question is that um, (laughs) bringing it back around is um, I think that both of the main character or like the protagonists, the protagonist and the antagonist of the film are like representative of their respective communities and they both have like superficial values that they like purport to be like following or promulgating you could say but like in the end, neither of them are really what they try to appear to be to the public mm. because in the same way that, like, Daniel Day-Lewis is not the family man he says he is, like, Paul Dano is not really the all-knowing religious prophet that he has to pretend to be to, mm. like, validate, you could say, his religion, the people who follow it. Oh, that is interesting. Yeah. Okay. I like that. I like that <laughs> reading of it. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah. We um, solved the movie. <laughs> we, we did it. Um, but yeah, so we've actually kind of run out of time. But I do... Oh, yeah, wow. Okay, that was fast. I did run fast. Um, so let's do some closing thoughts. Mm. Um, overall, how did you? how do you feel about the movie? It's very interesting, and I think it's a cool adaptation of, like, a work that asks questions about, like, capitalism and... Mm but also just like greed in general and why it's like important to be someone who cares about other people but also not to be someone who's like so enveloped in religious thought that you are like completely ignorant of like pragmatic tangible solutions to things that can help you yeah interesting i wonder if you're trying to say something about a certain balance between the two lives or yeah something. like that's the ideal because i don't think the way his character daniel Plainview's character ends up is what we strive for want to be like it's it's beaten and broken and that's showing it's like a tragic ending like it's to see like this is it's like a, like a cautionary tale almost like yeah don't go down the way he'd went. it is kind of like a you want to have agency over your own life kind of thing like mm-hmm. you don't want to become a, like a religious zealot who resigns all of your control over your life to like a spiritual being but you also mm-hmm. don't want to be the kind of person who's like I have no agency because all I care about is making money. Like, you have to have a moral conscience and be like, I need to protect the people that are, like, working for me and, like, Uh be a good person and, like, be a good dad and not abandon my child. So it's like, yeah, I think it's kind of about, like like you were saying, like, finding a balance. I think I like that. I think that's a good way of putting it. (laughs) I think that's a good takeaway from this movie. (laughs) Yeah, it's a very interesting movie. And if you have not seen it, you definitely should. Because it definitely will. It asks interesting questions about religion and America. Yeah, yeah, exactly who these characters represent, um, whether it's the self or society or um, what you should strive for shouldn't. Because I think he gives two opposing views and then neither of them really end up great. Exactly. So it's like, what is the solution? So I... Yeah. yeah, one of them is dead on a bowling. Oh my! Wait, oh no, it's spoilers. Yeah, yeah one of them is dead, dead on a bowling, bowling alley. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, but also, see Phantom Thread. I know this isn't an episode about <laughs> Phantom Thread, but see Phantom Thread. It's yeah. amazing. Also, a good movie. Also, all of his other ones too. Okay, yeah, also good. I'll see Punch them. Drunk Love Don't is really worry. good. Um, I'm getting on that as soon as possible. Yeah. So if you haven't seen more PTA movies, um, big fan. Everyone should go watch all of his movies. They're great. Yes. Um, but yeah, thanks for coming on, Ben. <laughs> yes, thank you for having me. Of this course. was so much fun. This was fun. I think we had a lot more to talk about, too. So Yes. <laughs> Which yes. is always good to have. My notes um, are only barely touched. We could have. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm curious to hear more <laughs> later on. <laughs> um, 
but yeah, thanks for coming on. This has been another episode of So What You Think. Thank you all for listening. Um, until next week. All right, peace. Thank <laughs> you.